Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome to this balloon party. Driven by Mugget S. St. Louis Acura, Mugget S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for an hour of midday radio and podcast activity that also can be viewed on YouTube on the 101 ESPN channel with those cameras brought to you by the Airlines team. Jackson is on Nick Sirianni. Watch. Uh, Jackson, what can you tell us from Philadelphia? Radio silence so far out of uh, the city of brotherly love, but... Still waiting, you know. It, we're, I, I bet it's like a forty-eight to seventy-two hour window after a playoff loss where a coach might get canned. So if it doesn't happen in there, I think my my intuitions will be off. But I'm very much I got tweet notifications ready to go. So for any time Sirianni is well, yeah, I I have like specific people like who would break the news. I don't need every piece of Sirianni information Sal coming to pal. my phone. Yeah, right. Schefter, Rappaport, whoever. All right, right. fair enough. Uh, Today on uh, the Wednesday edition of the program, we probably have a Little Piddles half and half. Yeah, I changed it to Little Orlovsky's Wide Birth Wednesday. You're now Little Orlovsky here on Piddles in the Chud? That's right. Piddles in the Chud (laughs) on 101 ESPN. And you can podcast the program via the Dobbs Tire and Auto Center uh, podcast on the 101 ESPN app. Join in the conversation. It's very active with Droid Effects, Bishon About Sports, Eric Nickens, and Robert De Niro 69. Or is that Roberto De Niro? It's Roberto De Niro. Royal Blue STL hat. WTF is that Roberto De Niro 69 does not like my it's not a cardinal cap though Mm-mm. it's from St. Louis University or St. Louis University High School the the University High School as some would call it yeah. Jackson's wearing a navy cap which the cardinals should of course be wearing on yeah, the road it's ridiculous uh, speaking of that topic this morning a huge development in the television Department with regard to the Cardinals. Uh, and this took place at about 7 o'clock or so. Um, New York Post with the story first, as uh, is often the case on these stories, that Amazon is going to help bail out Diamond Sports, uh, parent company of Bailey's, and have uh, put $100 million in. I texted Bill DeWitt third. On what this means for the Cardinals and uh, Cardinals' potential of doing their own thing, Cardinal fans accessing games. Again, the article, Amazon to save bankrupt Diamond Sports with $100 million is in uh, the New York Post online at nypost.com. Bill DeWitt III texted me back, said, still trying to sort this one out. Just learned about it yesterday. Definitely a curveball for the industry, but we always knew anything could happen in bankruptcy. It probably means status quo for our rights fee payment in the short term and then perhaps a streaming partnership with Amazon, but that is just speculation 
at this point. So that is his read. Uh, again, from the article in the New York Post, the Cardinals are not mentioned, but the Cardinals are one of 11 major league teams that are carried on Bally's. Uh, talking with television executive this morning about this development, he says his read, and this is solely his read, is that the Cardinals do not want to get into the television business. The Cardinals do not want to do their own network like Yes, SNY, etc., um, because that adds a lot of expense and risk, even though fans might on the surface not having any idea, just like, I guess, the Cardinals, but probably the Cardinals have a much better idea, an educated guess on what those cash flow projections would look like if they were to build out five, ten years worth of a PL on this venture, uh, that the Cardinal fans would say, hey, let's, let's have this and maybe partner with the Blues, and we can have 24 hours of Blues and Cardinal coverage and... You know, I would call them 30 for 30s. I know they're not 30 for 30s per se, but those kinds of like hour-long, two-hour-long shows on famous Cardinal teams, famous Blues teams, famous games. I would love that. Yeah, you just great. flip that on while you're working and have that on in the background. Oh, how do you do? It'd be great. Yeah. 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 The upside is obviously for the consumer. It's sure. Up crazy, but like you said, a lot of overhead when it comes to that. You're programming 24 hours. Uh, you're hiring God knows how many people to help run it. It's a, it's a big expense, and there's a reason only some teams and some in markets monster have monster markets. Right, that's in the key. monster markets. That's the key. So that is, uh, that is news out of the Cardinals television situation and Major League Baseball's television situation this morning. Uh, and we will, of course, monitor that. But as Bill DeWitt III uh, texted, uh, it is a curveball, but they thought that anything was possible considering that the bankruptcy hearing was this morning in Houston. Uh, Jackson, um, you have this little Piddles half and half, except it's now Little Orlowski's half and half. That's right. That's right. You're embracing being a takesmith. Uh, yeah, you know. After yesterday, I guess I kind of have to. Do, would you like to, before I, I, I start answering your questions, talk about what took place in Tuscaloosa? Because I'm sure it's at the top of your mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a question about it, but we'll get to well, it. I'll now. yield my time to you. All right. Yeah. I mean, for those unaware, because I know most of you were watching Missouri-Alabama last night, uh, there was a. Yeah, if they weren't watching Slew or Dayton. That's right. That's right. Plenty of local hoops on yesterday. Actually, crazy day in college basketball yesterday. That's just a brief aside. What happened was uh, at the under eight TV timeout, there was a little scuffle in front of the Crimson Tide bench involving Aiden Shaw and another Alabama player. No shoving was going on, just kind of stare down. Happens all the time in college basketball. Nate Oates emerges from the bench takes one hand, puts it at Aiden Shaw's chest, and kind of pushes him back towards the Missouri bench. No players had touched each other beforehand. Mm. There was two refs present. No technical was called. Uh, and Dennis Gates was very confused on why a technical wasn't called. My take on it is, if I'm Dennis Gates, and I really respect the hell out of him and the players for having a lot of restraint in that moment, I go up to Nate Oates after the game, go up to him like a gentleman, respectfully, and say, I know it was a heat of battle. Things happen. You don't ever put your hands on my players. I'll discipline my players how I choose to. You do not touch my players. That is a big old no-no. NATO apologized immediately after the game. Dennis Gates seemed to be receptive to the apology, but that doesn't change the fact that that's a huge no-no. It's a terrible example to set. You can't be putting your hands on other players. Yeah, uh, he apologized first thing in his press conference, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he knows. I mean, he's a, uh, NATO is a, is a, a good coach. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's taken Alabama to places basketball-wise they haven't been in a long time. 
he knows. He knows. It's the heat of battle. I know things happen, but that's a that's unacceptable. You can't do that. Dennis Gates knows it. And so I, I just really like the way that none of the Missouri players went after any more Alabama players in that moment or Nate Oates, and I'm glad Dennis Gates, after the game, shook his hand but said, we're going to talk about this later because that's – and I'd be surprised if the SEC doesn't step in afterwards and either suspend Oates for a game or punish him in some way. Uh, your thoughts are welcome on the topic. It's the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Uh, Tim, if the Cardinals and Blues share a channel, what happens if they play at the same time, like sometimes happens? It's a great question. That is a great question. Uh, I suppose we've seen that happen, and there was like the Fox Sports Midwest, like... Plus? Yeah, plus or two. Yeah, I think it's like actually their HD one channel, right. like HD one and two. Well, HD two has really kind of made its presence known in the last couple of years. That's right. So that doesn't surprise me. Okay, thanks for your input, Jackson. LOL. I don't know what that means, but it just was the top text. Sure. Uh, let's see. Such a humble brag texting Bill with the third. <laughs> I can't tell if that's like a TMA listener doing the like parody <laughs> thing. <laughs> I just kind of thought it was my job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if that comes off as a brag, then so be it. Uh, St. Luna, U- Louis University High School. How dumb is that? Maybe just St. Louis High School would have been better. That's from the 314. What? Big day in the Air Comfort Service text inbox. Jeez. Are you really this theatrical? That's from the 314. In reference? I don't know. I'm just yeah, reading yeah, what's in the teleprompter. You know that. Yeah. Play the script the other way. What if Shaw pushes back and things escalated? Oates is Oates in more trouble than I'd guess. Oates in more trouble than I'd guess. Yeah. Oates, oh, then, like in that, not then, but then. Oates in more trouble than I'd guess. Like if Shaw does something back, but yeah. then, then Oates was the instigator. Sure, sure. I think in the moment, Shaw would get teed up, not Oates. But afterwards, Shaw, I think Oates would be more... Uh, strongly disciplined in that sense, but I mean, the, if the refs aren't going to call it then and Shaw retaliates, he's getting the tech. It's always the second guy who gets the tech. It's not the first, even though it's not right because they're the instigator. The second guy gets the tech. Okay, almost uh, always. Uh, bring Blues and Cardinals back to Channel Eleven. That's from the six three six. I actually think that that's in play. Mm. As an, as, I think there'll be. My theory is there will be two options. There'll be a streaming option. And then there will be a direct to option because you can't, even though I know sometimes younger people go, oh, you know, the olds, they can't figure it out. The reality is from a business standpoint, you can't just go, it's going to be on Amazon, figure it out. Because for a lot of people, especially if they're at a certain age, uh, they aren't subscribers to Amazon Prime, or they'll have a tough time figuring it out. We can laugh at it, but I guess hopefully we all get there at some point, because that means we got to a certain age, you know, where we become the uh, ones who our kids or grandkids are coming over and setting up the uh, the internet account or whatever it will be. So with regard to that, I think having that direct access along with a streaming option is in play. Another thing that I think, and this is my bottom line on this whole thing is, the blackouts will be going away. That is, that's that's the most substantial thing, I think, from a fan standpoint. These antiquated blackouts will be going away. And you'll be able to just pick up your phone, or if you want to watch it on a you know television station, like back in the day, that you'll be able to do that. But I think 
you'll be able to pick up your phone. The Cardinals are playing, just put it on your phone, just like that. Or if you're like me, a YouTube TV guy, not have to also subscribe to Spectrum and be able to watch Cardinal games. That will be gone by the time they start the 2025 season. I would bet on that all day long. Yeah. And so what took place today with Amazon and Diamond Sports is substantial, especially if the Cardinals aren't looking to start up their own network. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. We'll take our first break. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acker, and Munganess Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN, the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. You're welcome to participate anytime you would like by partaking in the YouTube chat. Very active. Or the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Jackson, what do you have on this Little Orlowski's Wednesday half and half? Well, Wide Berth Wednesday. Wide Berth Wednesday. From Orlowski. I feel like uh, staying on baseball here, staying on the Cardinals on the heels of our last segment talking about the TV stuff. Uh, I think it's discussing free agents is important, but not in the class of 2024, but looking ahead to 2025. Some of the pitching names available include Corbin Burns, Max Freed, Walker Bueller, and Shane Beamer. All of those guys. Shane Beamer, the uh, coach... South Carolina knows things might not be going his way, and he is going to pivot to a career as a pitcher. My apologies, Shane Bieber. Oh. Shane Bieber. I had uh, Duke's Mayo on the mind. I understand that. All these guys are in their pitching prime, and under 30 years old, do you think it's possible the Cardinals are waiting a little bit to make big moves for pitching? What factors plays a part in that availability for the moves, both on the field and off the field? Well, Jackson, as you know, with Sports Talk Radio, one of the tenets is to make sure... You talk about how you're right and then hold up a bright, shiny object to never talk about when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'll circle back on that tenet here, because in this case, I believe my read on what the Cardinals were doing this offseason was right. It tied into the television situation, which we discussed with the New York Post article this morning on the Amazon investment. And that is the Cardinals want to have flexibility because of the television situation. And therefore, it's not a coincidence they signed players who are under their control for just one year in Gibson and Lynn. And they have the option on for 2025 and a three-year deal for Sonny Gray. The Cardinals only have two players under contract, if I'm not mistaken. You looked this up this morning, beyond 2026. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is Nolan Arnato and Wilson Contreras. That's yep. it. And I think that part is by design. So, yes, I would say coincidentally, there is an attractive free agent class with pitchers next year. But I do not think that was the reason for the flexibility. I think the flexibility is more rooted in the uncertainty of the revenue stream surrounding the Cardinals television package. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's very fair. I think giving yourself wiggle room during times of uncertainty is always prudent. From an on-the-field perspective, do you think the development of any of the young pitchers who'd be pre-arbitration sure, could absolutely. affect? Yeah, they're, 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 they're bullish on some pitchers in 2025. Uh, Tank Hentz, uh, Gordon Graceffo, yeah. uh, what they'll see with Zach Thompson, I don't know. Um, but as far as this year, I think, and I, I, I really feel confident in this, and I know the organization can't say it, so I want to make this clear. This is 100% my theory. I think that if the organization 
knew that Bally's or any other distributor was going to be able to pay them their approximate $60 million every year for the next five to 10 years, um, as opposed to the uncertainty. I think there is a likelihood the Cardinals would have been more aggressive sellers Mm. in July of 2023 and or this past offseason. But because you have two main revenue streams for the organization, you have the television one, which we've talked about quite a bit, uh, being uncertain. And you have the attendance one, which, of course, is tickets in addition to concessions. And if the organization were to go into some form of a rebuild and trade away Goldschmidt, Arenado, if somebody would take Contreras and have that rebuild, unload those salaries off the books. And at that point, you're talking about upwards of what, 80 plus million, I think, would be mm-hmm. around the math. Um, then they would have a negative on the revenue from attendance and concessions, at least in their minds. I actually am not as sure about that. I mean, I'm certain they wouldn't be as high, but I just don't know if there would be that big of a material drop-off. Either way, because the Cardinals are uncertain about their television revenue, and both John Mazalek and Bill DeWitt III have talked about this, they want to make sure that they do whatever they can to have $3 million in the stands because they need that revenue because of the uncertainty of the television situation. And so, therefore, you have this... Kind of limbo. Yeah, that's exactly... I was going to use the word hybrid. Limbo works as well. You have this year where I, I think even the hardest of hardcore Cardinal fan, whatever you would name you, want to say, best fan in baseball, whatever it is, is saying that... Do you really... Like, you would get even put... Take four to one odds on the Cardinals winning the World Series. So not even even money, of course, but you get four to one on the Cardinals winning the World Series. And I believe they're plus 1,500 to win the National League. So, I mean, you get an idea of the kind of odds yeah. that are out there for winning the World Series. Uh, let me see if I still have that up. Yeah, I do. Uh, what are the Cardinals' World Series odds right now? To win uh, the uh, American League, the Cardinals are plus 1,500. That is correct. Uh, and then to win the World Series, obviously, it would be higher than that. And the number, I would guess, is in the plus 2,500 range. I was going to say 2,500, based on 1,500 to win the NL. Point being, uh, let's see, to win the Central, the Cubs are the favorites. Tied with the Cardinals, plus 180. Brewers, plus 430. Reds, plus 450. Pirates, plus 2,000. Uh, that... This is a unique spot because I think it's kind of like being in the SEC. It's like, oh, you know, it's Alabama and Georgia. You know, it's the Braves and the Dodgers. And then you got the Phillies. And who am I leaving out? Um, but it's it's going to be tough in the National League from where the Cardinals are to where. Now, nationally, the Cardinals are considered a substantially improved team. And that's an important point to make when we're having this conversation. Locally, that's not the feeling. National writers may be bullish on the team, and that's wonderful. However, who's going to spend the money on the tickets? And that's going to be, for the most part, local or regional. And that is not the attitude of a lot of people who are Cardinal fans. It's like, that's it. That's all you're doing. Sonny Gray and then two guys who are on their way out of the game. And that's going to improve the team substantially enough that they're a World Series contender. But I think they had to do this, as you called it, limbo. I call it hybrid model that they're going, okay, we got to show that we're going to try to contend. 
but man, we can't go all in. And I got to tell you, I get it and I like it. But I'm looking at it through the business lens where I think fans, of course, are looking at it through the baseball lens and they're going, you're telling me Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson are going to be, and Andrew Kittredge are going to be enough to make this team 20 games better and win 91 and win the National League Central and be in the mix to win the World Series. That's not something that I think a lot of Cardinal fans would buy at the moment. Are they improved? Yeah, I, would, I don't know how you can't say that they're not improved. But as far as substantial enough to look at some of the teams, the Dodgers and Braves being obvious ones, and then the Phillies, I suppose, uh, I don't think too many Cardinal fans would say, okay, you get the Cardinals and we get one of those three. Who are you taking? Right. You know? Right. And that's, but because they're in the National League Central, they're in a different spot than any other team in baseball outside of the teams who are in the two central divisions. If you're in the East or West, it's a different deal, both in the American League and the National League. Yeah, it's kind of something I alluded to when it came out that Sonny Gray's deal was backloaded, that they were going to kind of quietly reduce payroll, you know, very... Because like what you're saying, if you, last July in the uh, trade deadline, if you drastically change the team, yeah, it's to be expected that attendance is going to drop and fan engagement generally is going to drop. But if you kind of silently, like you alluded to, only two players signed after 2026, that's probably pretty rare in a team that is that kind of odds. Yeah, who I would agree with that part and also in the Cardinals class and market-wise the Cardinals in the smaller side, but in the Cardinals class. And I just don't think that that's a coincidence. Right, agreed. And also, even though for whatever reason, and I still would like to like psychoanalyze why the report in the Los Angeles Times was just like dismissed that mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado had okay to trade to the Dodgers, but that's what happened locally. It was a really strange moment, um, but okay. But let's just for the sake of it say that the guy who wrote for the Dodgers wasn't making it up. That if the Cardinals would have made that move, you would have had one guy, yeah, right, under contract beyond 2026. Mm-hmm. I mean, holy crap! Doesn't that convey? The level of concern that, they, like, that telegraphs it. You don't have to be a wizard to see the level of concern. And you can say that the wits are being miserly or whatever like bait BS you want to spew out there. Okay, f- fair enough. But if you were the owner of a business and a third of your revenue was in jeopardy because of something that's outside of your control, i.e., the Bally situation, it would be irresponsible to just go on as if business as usual. So I understand it. Uh, and then that's something that, that that's why we've spent so much time talking about. In a way, it's kind of like the Ram situation when we were doing TMA. Uh, I guess it was at both KFNS and at CBS Sports 920 when that was going on. And I'm like, I know some people don't want to hear this because you want to focus on the football game. But it would be irresponsible to do a show in a market where a team is on the way to an NFL team is about to leave. And we're going to talk about their game against the Seahawks. You can't do that. You have to talk about the biggest story. And in this case, this is not nearly as big as, as that. Let me make that clear. But the business side impacts the baseball side. And it's now... It's been acknowledged over the weekend by both John Mazalock and Bill DeWitt III, and you're also seeing it telegraphed in the manner with which the contracts are being constructed. These are short-term contracts for a reason, because they don't know what their situation is going to be with television. is a serious issue. If television was like 1% or even 5% of the revenue, it's a different conversation. It's about 33% or 30, excuse me, 33% of the payroll expense. Therefore, it really counts. And then if the Cardinals are going to have to take on additional expense with television, 
and there's no certainty that you're going to generate some kind of profit that you used to get from Bally's, then that creates another form of concern. And even though you have this Amazon development this morning, that still doesn't mean that that solves the problem. As Bill DeWitt III said in his text, it's just a curveball. But they knew that the curveballs were possible considering the bankruptcy taking place this morning in Houston. 1030 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. This is Balloon Party. I want to spin. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Party 101 ESPN. The program is presented to you by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett. We have one half hour left to spend with you. And then Jackson will be doing QFTA, the Tim McKernan Show podcast, live this afternoon. I have a sound story at 1130. Maybe one. Does that work? YouTube.com slash TMASTL. Anything goes. So if you want to, I'm offering a $150 bounty for hate mail at tmckernan at insidestl.com. But you got to use your real account, and it really has to legitimately upset me. Mm-hmm. And then I Venmo you $150. Seems like a square deal to me. I feel like it is. So uh, that's what we got for you here, Jackson. Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey did their podcast last night. Travis's team advances. They'll be in Buffalo this weekend, the Chiefs and Bills. The Eagles, however, are going home. And Adam Schefter reported that Jason Kelsey has told teammates that he is done. But then Jason Kelsey got on the podcast last night with his brother Travis and then kind of refuted that a little bit. It's, you, you pick up your own read. Take a listen. You know, Nick kind of gave me an opportunity to talk. I didn't announce what I was doing on purpose, despite, I guess, what's been leaked to the media. I just don't think you're in a position after a game like that to really make that decision. I just don't. There's too much emotion in the moment to really fully grasp that decision. I'm not trying to be dramatic and continue to draw this thing out. I'm really not. It's just something that I think, uh, you know, when it's time to officially announce, you know, what's happening in the future, it'll be done in a, in, in a way that's, you know, definitive and pays respect to a lot of people and uh, individuals that have meant a lot to me and has led to the career I've had. You know, I don't think that it would be uh, respectful or even accurate uh, to be able to do that right after a game like that. Yeah. But I did address the team and pretty much said the same thing that I just said to you, which is, you know, I got belief in every single one of you guys, you know, cherish the moment you have in this league. A lot of guys like, you know, if that is your last game, I feel sorry for you. And I'm like, you don't feel sorry for me, motherfucker. <laughs> I've had a <laughs> Yeah. 
Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, man. Did you put in a remix right there at the end? <laughs> That's the uh, New Heights music. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good uh, music for them. So uh, he got emotional and he was saying, I had a great ride. Yeah. Letting you know, most likely he is indeed done mm -hmm. at 36 years old. 36 years old in the yeah. center. Holy Playing crap. Center. He played 120 straight games. My goodness. Yeah. Anyone questioning, like I saw prime engagement farming last night. They're like, uh oh. They're like, oh, if Jason Kelsey didn't have a podcast with his brother, like, would people say he's a know that Hall of Famer? It's like, yeah, only. So that was the engagement farming last night. Yeah, they're like, like, Jackson lets me know when there's engagement farming going on. I don't get a chance to look at social media as much as I would like. That's so dumb. Like, <laughs> the guy was a six time All Pro. He played 120 straight games. He, like, redefined what a dynamic offensive lineman is. And someone's like, well, if he didn't have a podcast with his brother. Was there anybody of note doing this, or was this just like guys trying to get their podcast off the ground? I mean, of note on Twitter is like an oxymoron, but like. Somebody who's collecting a healthy no. check with an income that they can live off of. No, no. Okay. It was uh, just, again, prime engagement farming, but. Mass engagement farming. Can you give me another, can you give the audience another example of engagement farming that you've seen recently? Because I'm, I'm on to this. Because I, of course, am operating on the premise that media slash social media is the antichrist. So I guess like the, the, the formula. And yes, I am aware I'm on the media and in the media as I say this, for yeah. the record. Yeah, it's like me complaining about Roman numerals yesterday while you were wearing a hat yeah. with Roman numerals that was on. Passive aggressive. That's yeah. that's different than engagement farming. So what else will we have? So I guess the formula for engagement oh, farming. Okay, there's a formula. Yeah, because just it's taught at schools and such. No, I picked up on it. Yeah. I kind of wrote my right, own blueprint. Because uh, I think giving examples would just run into the same issue. You take something that's like well-accepted or someone who is popular, something that is popular, mm -hmm. you question why it's popular, and then you pose a very open-ended question of, you tell me why you think this, that, or the other thing is either popular or widely accepted. You take something that like the mainstream population is all in agreement with, you question okay, let's it. Okay, let's, let's, let's be topical with it. Nick Saban, greatest college football coach ever. Yeah. Right. All right. Now, how would I engagement farm with that? Um, people are saying that Nick Saban is the undoubted goat of college football. I always would enjoy, by the way, when athletes or coaches or managers or front office, and early in my career, I would do the people are saying. Yeah, right. And a couple would go, well, what people? <laughs> and then I go, well, you know, the people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> go ahead. So people are saying. People are saying that Nick Saban is the goat of college football coaching. Uh-huh. I never understood why right. he always struck me as a loser and then just leave that and then watch the engagement. I see. Flow, okay. Know? Now for the engagement farmer, what does he reap come harvest time? He or she engagement. And what does that do? Well, yeah, like, you know, it's not like, well, I need an answer. I mean, otherwise what's the point? Well, I, I, I don't, I guess it, the only way that you could like make money off of it is if you're in a part of the Twitter monetization thing, the X monetization, but I don't even know how much that is. And if that's I would think it's millions, we, based on how much of it I see, I guess it has to be, uh, but I, I probably not much. And then I don't know how much of that is just engagement on certain posts or if that followers go into that. Otherwise it's simply stroking your own ego. So that's what it gets down to. Yeah. Bill, I guess you could say Bill, like you can, people will always be able to say under the guise of like, well, I'm cultivating a community online. 
whatever. It seems to me like uh, engagement farming just for the sake of engagement farming. <laughs> I'm on this engagement farming thing. Jackson's teaching me. Yeah, yeah, which is different than like bait. Now, well, give me an example of like bait. Like this bait, is great. Like bait would be the opposite of like Nick Saban is the undisputed goat of college football coaching. Anyone who disagrees, fight me. That's like bait. That's like bait. God, that's actually his engagement farming. No, because people are people aren't going to argue like, that. Like, okay, I see what you're saying. Like we had like bait this weekend. I thought with the Rams and the Cowboys losing in the same day. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And so that was a perfect St. Louis like bait opportunity. Um, but in because because who's going to like locally go? Oh no, I'm upset. Stan Kroenke lost. <laughs> you know, it's like like festival. Right. So I follow that. Again, I don't really know what the farmer is reaping at harvest. Nothing. Likes. Likes. Like, oh, engagement. People responding to the tweet, more and more eyes on you personally, your Twitter. I understand that, but what does that get you? Yeah, you're asking the right question. There's okay. just no real, like, tangible I'll ask answer. The audience. Maybe the audience knows. Okay. Yeah, maybe there's some engagement farmers out there. We salute you. You do salute the engagement farmers? Yeah, you gotta shoot Were score. you engagement farming yesterday with your Sirianni take? No, 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 no. No, no, That was from the heart. All right, fair enough. 314-399-9646. I will say, I researched it yesterday. They were wanting his head in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Angelo Cataldi, who's kind of like Howard Eskin and Angelo Cataldi in Philadelphia. They're like the guys. Yeah. You know? I just don't know who, like, who's popular in, in Philly. Like, who's got, like, Bryce Harper. approval rating. Yeah, I bet he's gone through some some moments where he wasn't very Absolutely. unpopular. Sure, you're 100% right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anyone's universally loved if you play in like, a, like a like year ago, Nick Sirianni probably had the highest approval rating of anybody, him and yeah. Hurts. Yeah, there was, but uh, the seeds have been planted. Really? His, when they were on their way to the Super Bowl? He's like, he's got like examples. I, I know a lot of people came after him last year in the Super Bowl when he was crying during the anthem. I know that that got people going. A lot going. of guys cry during the anthem of the Super Bowl. Kevin Carter did, I believe, when the Rams played in 99. Yeah, I, I know. But I, I, people, I, people were like, he's hamming it up and all this. There's like one where he's like, like yelling at the officials like first down after a review and Jalen Hurts has to like lower his right, arm. I saw that. Which I thought was pretty nice. But like the biggest one is his conduct after they beat the Chiefs this year where he's screaming at Chiefs fans. It's, uh, I don't know. It's not something I would want out of my leader personally, but that's not painting a full picture. My Italian picture. American wife is starting to keep an eye on you. That's all I'm going to say. I love the Italians and the Italian community here in America and in Italy nice. and wherever Italians can be found. I love the community, I love the people, I love the, the history. What a statement. And anything said otherwise is untrue and unfounded. So, Anytime a gentleman looks at a YouTube camera and points with his highlighter, you know it's a serious apology. Oh, it's the Digger Phelps Sharpie. Oh, no, it is a highlighter. Oh, it is a highlighter. Yeah, when was the last time you highlighted something? Be honest with me. Oh, my God, I don't know if it's happened in this century. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I don't know how the highlighter market just keeps... Yeah, you. Yeah, why do you have that thing? Well, it was just sitting here. I don't know who's using to it. Point at the audience. Yeah, well, hard copies, physical, you know, notes, just out the window. Yeah. If you're in the pencil market, who's buying? Wow, Jackson. Uh, I feel like that might be. Is that engagement farming? Yeah, but that's that's certainly. I'm not very casting a very wide net. Yeah, it's a it's a niche 
engagement farm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome to participate in the program. 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. And, of course, the YouTube chat is very active today. Very active with the people in there. Jeff, is it close or close? Let's go with close. Okay. Robert De Niro, 69 Still active, uh, and uh, along with Tiny Peepee and Preston S1 and Taylor Smith. Nice. They're all in there. They're talking it over. You can talk it over as well. 136 Friends of the Feather in the YouTube chat right now. This is Bloom Party on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Bloom Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett. We have nine minutes left, Jackson. We do. How do you want to use them? Like I want to use the entirety of my life, talking blues hockey. Wow. Okay. Then I can't wait to hear it because we got the pregame uh, here on 101 ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow night. You know, Tim, people may say I don't know hockey. Cap season. How many midday radio producers can copy and paste a fan survey from The Athletic about the Blues? Because this one can. Wow. What a moment. I pulled up uh, some of the questions that JR and The Athletic Yeah, JR was in studio with us on TMA, and I was really intrigued by one of the questions that I imagine you're about to bring up and, and the results. So go ahead, if you would. I, this, this, is, uh, this is, I'm curious where our listeners are on this. Sure. Are you going with the question that we discussed with JR? I feel like I set it up, so now... You know, I got Steph the ball. Let's see if he can hit the three. I think he's going to. Yeah, and then turn around and look at the fans before it goes in. How are the Blues performing compared to your preseason expectations? Right, and what were the choices? The choices were better, worse, or as expected. I would say for me it's either as expected or honestly maybe a little better. Mm -hmm. And JR told us this morning on TMA that 72% said as expected. Yeah, yeah, that. To me, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think that that's about... Yeah, I think that's the right answer, though. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I also think kind of is why people, what the hell happened with Craig Berube? Like, right. why, right. This, right. What, what were you thinking was going to happen here? Right, which was another question on the survey, and I bet when the results come out, the question was, do you think uh, Doug Armstrong made the right move in firing Craig Berube, yes or no? I would bet in the 80% will say no. Whew, puts me to the test. If you said, I'll just give you the, the benefit of the doubt and say the number's 80% over under. I don't know on that. I don't know on that. I certainly think if you would have asked it, I yeah. don't think. I feel like I can say I know because right. I saw the reaction here and, uh, you know, social media and other shows. I mean, people are, I haven't seen something like that regarding a coach or manager, GM being terminated. God, I don't know. I mean, the Mike Schilt thing caught people off guard, but Mike Schilt didn't bring a world championship to St. Louis, and especially the first one here, like Perubia in the Cup in 2019. And on top of it, I don't think people felt like it was his fault. Some did. I want to make, make, I'm not saying an absolute. Point being, it would have been 95 plus percent, would have been like, no. Then you get the new coach bump with Bannister. JR brought up a good point because I said, you know, What's going on, State of the Blues, here now that they're off the homestand, even though it's just one one game on the road tomorrow before playing Washington again on Saturday? And he goes, well, do you see, you know, Saturday against the Bruins in overtime? I go, yeah. And I'm like, if I would have bet the Blues money line and a nice amount of money, too, I would have been raging. I'm irritated by that missed call just as a, as a fan, mm-hmm. you know, Um 
and I would have been, I, honestly, I would have been irritated. Let's say the shoe were on the other foot and the Blues would have won because of that. Say it was a Bruins player who was tripped right in front of the official and it wasn't called. And people were like, oh, too bad. I would have been like, oh, that's kind of crappy because if the shoe were on the other foot, you'd be pissed. Well, right. in this case, the Blues were on the receiving end of that. It was BS. Uh, I oftentimes talk about love and listening to Chris Kerber's podcast with uh, Joey Vitale. They have Steve Otto on as a, as a regular. Um, and I love that Kerber like just laid it out. He goes, this, you know, for as much complaining as they're about officiating, more often than not, it really isn't a significant impact on the game and it'll balance itself out. In this case, most likely the Blues lost a point because of an official. And on top of it, it was a play, right? It wasn't away from the puck. You know, is Robert Thomas with the puck <laughs> in overtime? Right. Less guys out on the ice and right in front of the official. I mean, holy crap. What in the hell? And JR said he, he talked to some guys after the game, and I think including Thomas, he goes, no, he's usually one of the better officials, too. So I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. That sucks. Point being, had the Blues won that game, and that had, you know, and it was a 2-2 game until about five minutes left and a sick goal by the Flyers on Monday, your perspective is most likely a lot different than just getting one point. But why did they only get one point against a great team? Well, certainly in part because of a blown call. Yeah. So having that perspective and also having the perspective that the homestand was the Panthers, the Rangers, the Bruins, and the Flyers, and that they've only played one team outside of the Eastern Conference's playoff standing or the Western Conference's playoff standings over the last couple of weeks, and they are where they are, you go, okay, well, yeah, if you're looking at the process, so to speak, how can you argue with that it's improved? Is it going to be good enough? Not sure. And by good enough, I mean to get into the postseason. But then at the same time, were your expectations back in October that this team was going into the postseason? I would imagine most people would have said no, or if they did, it's probably going to be as a wild card or at best as the third place team in the Central. So from that standpoint, I can't get too worked up about it. But I also like the transparency that Armstrong displayed in October when he said that. I thought that was so healthy. Mm-hmm. That's why when he blew up Baruby in December, I'm just like, what in the hell happened? At the same time, I, you know, based on what he's done, I give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe there's more to it than we know. That's usually the case. Meanwhile, you have the exact opposite this past weekend at the winter warm-up. And I get that the Cardinals feel an obligation to sell this. But... I mean, are, are people really going, okay, Lynn, Gibson, Gray, let's let's make it 12 and 24? I just, I just would really, of course it can happen, but some major changes would have to take place. You'd have to have a windfall of performance from a variety of spots. Can Nolan Gorman be much better? You better believe it. Can Jordan Walker be much better? I would hope so. Can Mason win offensively better? He better be better than he was for his brief audition. And can Miles Michael is better? I would expect him to be better. I know it doesn't mean he's Cy Young. Can Sonny Gray be better? I'm not sure he could be better than he was last year. It was pretty damn good. He nearly yeah. won the Cy Young Award in the American League. Do that again. We'd all be happy. And if Lynn and Gibson eat innings, I mean, I'm presenting all these like optimal scenarios. Wilson Contreras isn't worried about whatever it was the first couple months of the season. And then he can perform like he did in the second half of the season offensively. Goldschmidt gets it closer to 2022 than 23 and Arenado closer to 2020. Okay. But I'm presenting a bunch of like things that have to happen. 
but they still could win the Central even with kind of being a middling team, and that's what goes back to the National League Central. But as far as winning a World Series, it just wouldn't be a year in a normal year where I would go, well, that's that's a World Series team. But the Cardinals, understandably, they're selling it that way. Why? Because they have to. And that goes back to how we started the show, the television deal. 10.58 in St. Louis, time for us to go. Jackson Burkett and I will be back tomorrow at 10 o'clock with Balloon Party, powered by Munganas, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, and St. Louis Acura. That's Munganas. StLouisAcura.com and AltonToyota.com. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.